welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're well. I hope all is good with you in your world. I hope you're just doing well. Um, it's a little bit, we're in a very challenging time right now in my home country, Nigeria, and politically, economically, social, social things are just really really challenging the economy is in tatters um, people are facing massive cash drain cost of living has skyrocketed beyond what the average household can bear with um, unemployment is the highest it's ever been foreign investment is the lowest I mean jobs even where they exist are not paying the bills it's just really bad and we've never really ha- we haven't really had a really good economy in terms of living standards for a while but it's even worse than normal now and um, yeah you have extreme poverty you have urban poverty you have people who are who cannot withstand the shock so people who shouldn't be poor but you know the environment is just not helping and um, the demand the, the requirement to have like a lot of cash just to be able to buy food and pay for your energy and power and all of those things not to talk of your rent and all of that you know you must be making a whole lot of money a whole lot of money that is not sensible to be able to expect normal people to have you must have like real like founder money you know what i'm saying you must be you must be i don't know c-suit yeah you must be like c-suit executive to be able to have a decent life and that isn't realistic i mean you can't build an economy expecting that everyone is going to be a c-suite executive and, and make it that is only people at that level of you know income earning that can actually live a decent life that can afford to have three square meals that can afford to you know have power in their homes water in their homes that, that i can and afford to move themselves to work to pay transportation costs and send their children to school it's just crazy but that's really like the direction in which we're going so it's really tough and then of course you have all the insecurity going on in the north and then you have a government that is completely nonchalant they just don't care and they're more intent in they're more interested in crushing dissent and political um challenge than actually solving problems i mean but that's not really what i'm talking i well it's part of what i want to talk about but so for that reason, and you know how these musings are, I talk about what is top of mind for me at every point in time, top of mind, top of spirit, top of soul. So sometimes you may see that I stay on one topic, but it's because I believe that God gives me these burdens and until I, until it leaves, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not going to stay off it, you know, but the day something else comes up, it will be, I, I just need, this is really me, I, I think God just uses this podcast to bring out things to really help me make sense of what's going on around me and honestly this is a very baffling time it's just baffling you know it's really baffling like when i read the, the way i feel the sort of um befuddlement that i feel right now i also see it in the post because I, I follow on twitter some ukrainian journalists and people like that and i see how baffled they are at the kind of behavior First of all, they are baffled at the response from some of the European powers who still want to buy gas from Russia. 
they're baffled at the kind of evil not baffled but horrified i would say at the kind of evil that the russian army has been reported to have done in certain countries i mean certain certain territories that they had occupied which they have now left so people are not able to enter those places and see the havoc that is they've wrecked but they are horrified at mostly the reaction of in certain places outside of their country that kind of horror shock and befuddlement is what is the it, it mirrors the kind of emotions that i have when looking at our own political leadership who for all intents and purposes are behaving like invaders supporters of invaders and are behaving like you know people we should be afraid of you know what i'm saying you know it's it's really really it's it's, it's not it's not a nice place to be position to be in so um it's just not nice anyway so this morning this verse this scripture just came up to me saying because i, I thought about it i've been asking god i've been like okay god so what should i do what what do we do and i am happy that a lot of leaders in the faith community are now speaking up um quite a lot of sunday sermons that really really went you know that said what needed to be said um for some leaders they have been speaking consistently so god bless those ones those leaders who weren't speaking consistently but after they spoken well better late than never although some people think the reason why they're speaking now is because they now it's now touching them you know and that's not i think a good place for us as christians to be we shouldn't be a kind of people that only speak up when we're personally concerned you know for me personally i always use john the baptist as an example when i want to decide like when i was working in, in my office and i want to and you know I would, I would have this conflict in my mind should i speak up when i see something that is going wrong that is not right i used to have this conflict about should i do like everyone else because honestly in my home country nigeria the culture of silence is very strong so you know even when you speak up even your peers people who are your friends will be like why did you say anything you better don't say anything just lie everybody just feels like just keep quiet for the sake of peace and that culture of silence is what has brought us to where we are because we then allow evil to travel on first start by the by the time it arrives at our doorstep there's nobody the culture of silence is already entrenched so there's nobody to defend you even if you now want to speak then people that you know that culture of silence shouts you down you know everybody tells you to just keep quiet and, 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 and suck it up it has happened it has happened you can't change what has happened so just forget it and move on so that's really what's going on you know um, um around us but i always use john the baptist as a as an example you know because i remember that john the baptist what got john the baptist beheaded what got john the baptist beheaded was something that had in quotes nothing to do with you know the, his his core mandate which was really preparing as a forerunner of the gospel seemingly it had no connection he he he, he got beheaded by herodias and herod because he said to him it is not lawful for you to take your brother's wife and he was right that it wasn't lawful according to the laws of God. And for that, he made an enemy of the new wife. And when they got the opportunity, they got the king to imprison him, arrest him, and behead his, his head, I mean, and behead him. But it was, when we look at the trajectory of um, events, we see that it was necessary for John the Baptist to be martyred. Because his ministry could not have continued at the same time as that of Jesus. So he needed to have been killed. So according to God's plan and purpose, it was because immediately 
Jesus heard about the death, the killing, the murder, the beheading of John the Baptist. He straight up gathered himself, went into the wilderness. His ministry began. Before that time, he hadn't preached to anybody, hadn't done anything. He knew that was the sign he was waiting for. So that shows it was a past the baton. So it was God that actually led John the Baptist to speak up and say, it is not lawful for thee to, to take your brother's wife. I don't know whether John the Baptist knew that that was where it was going to end, but I think John the Baptist knew that his ministry will end at the point of um, when Jesus is when Jesus was born. And when I look at the other apostles, like people like Paul and Peter, they all knew that they were going to be offered. I think God shows people who are going to be martyred for him. I, in fact, I think these people actually make that choice before it actually happened. Paul spoke about it, that he's ready to be offered. Peter also spoke about it. So they sort of, God shows it to them and they, sub, you know, they accept it and they submit it. They welcome it, in fact, you know, because even Paul said it, I'm ready to, if he wasn't ready to be offered, then that, he would have, you know, that wouldn't have happened to him. All the disciples wanted to offer their lives to Christ. They were faithful unto the death. They wanted to be one of those people described in Revelations as wearing a white robe. Those who paid for the testimony of Christ with their lives. So the point I'm trying to make is that the role of a Christian is to speak up anywhere we see something, injustice, unrighteousness, and evil going on, whether it will bring about repercussions to us personally or not. I know this is something that is totally unfathomable for us modern-day Christians, particularly in Nigeria, because in Nigeria we believe that let sleeping dogs like there is no Christian that will tell you you should lay your life. I mean, as in really, the the, the way we are right now in in, in the born-again circles in Nigeria, and I think this applies to some other countries, mainstream, particularly in the southern part of Nigeria where I live, if the Antichrist was to come today and tell everybody that if they take the mark of the Antichrist on their hands, they will get, they will become very rich, you know, they will be able to buy and sell, they will have all the dollars, everything that they need, they may even get American citizenship or whatever in the process. I kid you not, I think almost everybody, <laughs> almost everybody will take that back. Why? Because we have the, and he doesn't even have to deceive and pretend that he's not the Antichrist. He'll make it very clear. You need to renounce Christianity. They will gladly renounce it. Because somehow we have, we have, we have painted the gospel as something that comes to you to improve your life on earth and give you material wealth. Whereas everything in the scripture shows that it is a good thing that suffering is part of the Christian testimony and it is a good thing to suffer for the sake of the gospel for good for doing right for you know it is it is righteous before God to be punished and take suffer punishment for standing up for that which is good it is part of the Christian experience it is recognized I have been reading the Bible from Acts to Revelations everything in those gospels shows that it is a righteous thing it is a good thing to suffer persecution, turmoil, loss, whatever it may be, for the sake of the gospel, for righteousness' sake, for the sake of Christ, for doing good, or speaking up about what is right, or against what is wrong, like John the Baptist did. Even if the person will pay with his life, that is what the Bible says. That is Jesus Christ that we have signed up to. I will just leave it at that. So, but... So I, I use that as a personal um, example for myself. So many times when I was in my professional corporate life, even when I needed to speak up things at risk to myself in terms of my job, 
I would use that example of John the Baptist. So long as I was convinced of what I was saying, and I knew that it needed to be said, and it would prevent an injustice from taking place, I would speak up. So now that we're in this situation that we are in politically in Nigeria, I realize that it is important for me to have the wisdom of God on what God would have me do. So I will start praying for the nation. I trust God to lead me on how to do that. I will also begin to, you know, share perspectives with as many as I think it will be useful to do so. Um, and I will trust God to lead me on how, you know, what more one can do. Also protecting the, you know, providing support to the vulnerable as well. So people who may be really affected materially over this period, we will try and see what we can do in the little that we can, how we can help. And also maybe also see how we can provide, you know, maybe I'm just saying this, I've not thought about this, but I'm just thinking maybe that's something that one will have to do. But I think the sense I get is generally that we as Christians have to become more involved in what is going on in our society, in our community, in our nations, and extend the love of God and be charitable and hospitable to those who have been displaced by, by conflict and those who may be struggling to make sense of what is going on around them. So, the verse of scripture I'm going to read is Psalm 20, verse 7, which says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we remember, we will remember the name of our Lord our God. Because I think what's going on in the country right now, it does appear to be very organized, very premeditated, and it seems to be sponsored by people who have fiduciary duty to serve and protect the country, but have decided for some reason to follow a different agenda. And they're not being open about it, but supporting in in so many ways, while also preventing our ability to protect ourselves. So um, we really need God in this sort of situation. We need the wisdom of God. We need the knowledge of God. We need the strength of God. We need the grace of God, and we need the faith of God, the divine ability. So um, I will remember the name of the Lord, and I pray that you will as well. And if you're listening and you're from a country that you're facing similar turmoil as well i hope some of this god you know will god will help you find meaning and expression and purpose in all that is going on and help you to be that shining light that will restrain the darkness in that situation in whatever way that god enables you to do so thank you very much for listening god bless you stay lifted and have a wonderful